0: for this Sunday was chosen several weeks ago. As the weeks progressed, this letter from the book of Philippians that tells us not to worry, you know, it just didn't feel right for me to preach it this week. So I changed my mind several times. I kept going back to it though. Every time I read it, prayed it, lived it, my mind would say, yeah, right. How are we supposed to do that? Close your eyes now and breathe in the living word as we hear a selection of a letter written by Paul to the church in Philippi. Listen now to the words of our faith. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, often up your prayers and requests to God. Then because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you. God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand and this peace will control the way you think and feel. In the week following the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the world continues to be shaken. Before the funeral is even completed, some of our government officials are already rushing to find her replacement to assure that the seat is confirmed before the next election. Now, these are the same officials who refused to confirm a candidate last election year, and they're now rushing to assure the balance of power and justice slants in a way that could negatively impact millions of people we know and love. I'm a little worried. As I watch, I can feel the progress for equal rights for all people moving backward in time. Rewinding all that work that Justice Ginsburg did as a mother of a queer child, I fear she could have some of her rights for housing and marriage and health care impacted. It scares me. It worries me. Don't worry about anything. Yeah, right. And just as we're remembering a woman of justice, Along comes the announcement from the Attorney General that there will be no charges facing the officers for the death of Breonna Taylor. And hear me as I say, I do support our police officers and the work that they do every day. That's hard work. But I will not and cannot support a judicial system that is full of racial injustices who treat people differently because of the color of their skin. In an article I read this week, it said, Brianna and her boyfriend had been out for a steak dinner. Now, how many of us go out for a steak dinner every once in a while and had come home to watch movie in bed? I'm sure she never had the faintest idea that the next thing that would happen would be that she would be jarred from her sleep and killed in the midst of gunfire. No charges for her needless death but yet a charge for the white neighbor who was hit with incidental fire. I talked this week to a few of my black friends, and I checked in with them to see that they were okay. They said, when will it ever end? Will we ever be seen or heard? Will we ever have the privileges of others? I said to two of them in my white privileged naive way, well, there's always hope for a better tomorrow. Hope, hope, I've been hoping all my life that it will get better. Hope has gotten me nothing. My ancestors hope said they were beaten by their masters. What do I hope for? My friend said, what do I hope for? That my son will not be the black next black man shot as he runs down the street. Hope that he will not be the next black man pulled over and pressed to the ground as he yells for me. Hope that I will be the next woman who lies down in bed at night and ends up never waking up. And I suddenly got where they were coming from. It's been a hard week. Don't worry. Pray. Trust? How can my heart not crack wide open as I hear my friends' worries? I myself am worried about the pandemic. I'm worried about the election. I'm worried about racial riots. I'm worried about suppression of rights, as our own Representative Attica Scott was arrested for peaceful protesting and charged with a felony. Don't worry. Don't worry. Is that possible? Paul was writing this letter to the church of the Philippians to encourage them to live out of their faith as a church striving for unity and humility. Throughout it, he addresses what he sees as the real problem of the church, disunity, In a sense, he was trying to inspire them to be the people of God, to be filled with love, and to be the church, as we say here at Bluegrass. That letter made it apparent that he loved this church. I suspect he loved that church just like the three pastors here love this church. The most amazing tidbit I found was that Paul was writing this incredible letter to his beloved church from a prison cell from a prison cell. Now, that says something about faith. You see, once Paul was arrested, many times he was arrested for living out his faith. He was beaten, persecuted, and placed in prison multiple, multiple times. One of the stories of his faith that I started thinking about was the night he and his friend Silas were arrested for healing a slave woman in the market charges for being a public nuisance. As they sat in prison that night after they were flogged, they began to sing the hymns of their faith. Can you imagine singing after a day like that? The other prisoners heard and the walls began to shake and the doors of the cell were open and everyone's bondings were loosened. And the jailer then asked them, What do I need to have faith like yours? How can I be saved? Our faith gets us from one place to the other. It gives us courage to stand up in the face of our greatest storm. It holds us up during disappointments and it lifts us up during our happiest moments. In this letter, Paul says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. This was his ancient remedy for holding on to faith in the midst of anxiety and worry. I think perhaps Paul had some good advice. As we spend time in the next few weeks talking about connecting to our calm, prayer is one of the greatest avenues for us to find it. I find modern-day people of faith often don't hold on to the concept as much as we could. You know, it's a big concept, talking to God, throwing our human words into the universe for something that on some days we aren't even sure we believe in, and some days we're not even sure that it really makes a difference. Maybe you don't feel that way, but some days I feel that way, especially after a week like this week. pray about everything, about everything. Gandhi says, prayer is not asking. It is a longing of the soul. It is a daily admission of one's weaknesses. It is better in prayer to have a heart without words than words without heart. Did you guys know you could pray without words? Kierkegaard said the function of prayer is not to influence God but to change the nature of the one who prays. And Dolly Parton was quoted in People Magazine this week, prayer works. If nothing else, it can take you out of your own self, whether you believe in it or not. I pray every day. It's my salvation. It helps me through everything. It gives me a better perspective. It opens my eyes. And you will find your way, too, if you're looking for it. You know, maybe we just need to pray and have our eyes open this week. You know, all of us were ill-prepared to understand how to live in the midst of a global pandemic. But we're finding our way. None of us knows what tomorrow brings, but if the creek don't rise, it's a coming. None of us like social distancing or the disparity we see in this world, so what can we do? What can we do? We fuel ourselves up, we prepare our hearts so that we can be in the church, in the world. And how do we do that? We spend a little time with God. Pray and turn it over to God, center our own spirit, connect to the God space within us to allow us moments of peace, whether we're in a jail or lonely from social distancing. All of it starts with self-care and connection to that which is greater than ourselves. It is a stressful world out there. We know it. But rather than letting it stir us up all the time, we have an opportunity to move from the fight or flight scenario. That's kind of where we've been, fight or flight, to that of calmness of spirit. Turning in the one who created us to comfort us. Turning to God. Even if there's a pandemic or a riot on the streets or you find yourself in a jail cell. How do we do it? We have to stop and be. And some days I don't have the answers, but I'll share with you some tidbits from an article I read about uh, being a minister in a pandemic. It helped me, I hope it will help you. You see, when we're all stirred up We can't engage our spirit with full mind, heart, and soul. But God's right there waiting to help us. So here's a few things to use when worry comes and overtakes us. Pray. Now that sounds easy, but don't we all struggle sometimes to find a time to speak with God? We're too busy. We're too stirred up. So stop. Stop and feel God. Pray a scripture, a prayer, a mantra. I always use this when I'm stressed out. Breathe God in, breathe God's love out. It always calms me down when I do that, and I use it a lot. If you don't have words you can pull out one of those shells that Marsha brought back from the beach or a piece of sea glass or a rock you've picked up and just walk around rubbing it that's prayer because sometimes we need a tangible piece of God to remind us that we're not by ourselves all of you have a cell phone and there's tons of apps on the cell phone that teach you how to pray music that guides you centering prayer, or you could just read the psalms, pray the psalms, sing the psalms. The next thing, get it out. Sometimes we need to get it out, we need to vomit it up, we need to spit it out. All that stuff that tears us up. The avenue I use most often is sketching or painting or photography or writing. For others like Kenny and Marsha, it's writing a song or playing a tune on the piano, or humming a spiritual. For some, it's baking something to take down to a neighbor who may be alone. It might just be a smile, but we gotta let it out. Take care of yourself. Tend to your body and develop an awareness of what your physical needs may be. Are you hungry? Eat, are you tired, take a nap, are you thirsty, get you a drink of cold water, do you need to get energy out of your body, walk, run, bike, anything but holding it all in and not listening to your physical needs. Read, discover, plan a vacation and go there in your mind. When we do not take care of our own spiritual needs and our own physical needs, we certainly can't take care of others it really is okay to step back and take some time away. Turn off your phone and get off of Facebook for a day or a week or until after the election, that's what I need to do. Reach out and connect. And something that might be unconventional, start a texting prayer group, a Zoom book club, write notes to each other or to someone who needs to know that they're not by themselves. Strive to be kind. You see, when we allow ourselves to nurture our relationship with God, something changes us. I'm going to add thanks be to God to that. Eddie Hilsman wrote a book in her early 20s. She lived in Amsterdam and was a Jew who would eventually be killed by the Nazis. As she watched the world unravel, she wrote this. There is a deep well inside of me and in it dwells God. Sometimes I'm there too. And that is all I can manage these days. And also all that really matters. That we safeguard that little piece of ourself. God in ourself. God in us. God in us. Pray. Connect to God. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. This week, why don't we try it? Let's see if it changes us. I will. Will you? Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.